Welcome to the bookshelf at the end of the universe. I'm your host, Elliot, and on the other side of the microphone is my dad. Hello, hello. So what book are we talking about? Today we are talking about Sock Do Freak, book one, A Living Nightmare, by Dan Shan. And so I'm just going to read off the plot description on the back of this book, just so that everybody um, has an idea of, of kind of what it's about before we get started. Uh, it says... This is a true story. I don't expect you to believe me. I wouldn't believe it myself if I hadn't lived it, but it is. Everything I describe in this book happened just as I tell it. The thing about real life is, when you do something stupid, it normally costs you. Real life is nasty. It's cruel. It doesn't care about heroes and happy endings and the way things should be. In real life, bad things happen. People die. Fights are lost. Evil often wins. I just wanted to make that clear before I begin. Darren Shan and his best friend Steve get tickets to the Cirque du Freak, a wonderfully gothic freak show featuring weird, frightening, half-human, half-animals who interact terrifyingly with the audience. In the midst of the excitement, true terror raises its head when Steve recognizes that one of the performers, Mr. Krepsley, is a vampire. Steve remains after the show finishes to confront the vampire, but his motives are surprising. In the shadows of a crumbling theater, a horrified Darren eavesdrops on his friend and the vampire and is witness to monstrous, disturbing plea. In the tradition of Ray Bradbury's Something Wicked This Way Comes and Stephen King's Salem's Lot, the best-selling Cirque du Freak, A Living Nightmare, is the beginning of the horror saga that has captivated millions. So this is a series, yes? A 13-book series, I believe? 13-book series. So. And a movie and a manga series. And a movie and a manga series, so... Well, is the, so is the movie out already? Yes, okay. uh, but the movie is for book two. Since it's called The Vampire's Assistant. And so, did they not make a m- movie about book one? I'm not sure. I think it might have been book one and two. I'm not sure, though. Okay. Yeah, sometimes they combine more than one book into one movie, just for adaptation purposes. Or, or sometimes they split a movie into three parts when the book was just one book, such as The Hobbit. Right, and sometimes that's not a, a good great idea. idea. Exactly, because you tend to stretch... Certain elements, pretty oh, thin. Yeah. Um. So first things first. Tell me about um. What I'm curious about, just from looking at this, is that it's it's written by Darren Shan, and the main character's name is Darren Shan. Yeah, I was I was wondering that too. Like, is Darren Shan really a vampire? Like, I I don't know much about him. Um. But yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I've never read a book like that before where. The author is the main character, but the stuff that happened to the main character, a.k.a. the author, did not really happen to the author that we know of. So it's kind of presented as, is it, is it that it's presented as being true? Like a diary kind of thing? Maybe. I mean, he does say this all happens, but then again, it is fiction, so some parts might be true. Like in the beginning, they said, uh, Darren says, I've always loved spiders, even as a grown up. And he also says, uh, like stuff like, My best friend is obsessed with vampires. That stuff might be true, but some other stuff might be far stretched, like, uh, freak that he went to a freak show. So it's a it's a fictionalized version of the of the author. Yes. Is what you're saying. Now is it written as diary entries like Dracula was, or is it more just 
a first-person narrative. It's a first-person narrative, although I do like the way Dracula is written, how it has, like, all those different diary entries. Another really right. cool thing, the Dracula manga. Sorry, I'm getting on Dracula, but the Dracula... Well, no, that's it's a, it's a fair um, comparison to make. And that's why I was asking, is because you do have... A lot of times with horror, the part of what makes it scary or or terrifying or horrifying is the presentation or the description right but the description is also that's part of the yeah. of, of how it's told so with a story like dracula which i i love dracula that's one of my favorite horror books um it's because it's written as journal entries it has a more um authentic feel yeah and then the manga they even changed it too so like in the manga the speech bubbles when like it still has the diary entries but there's different fonts for each person for mm-hmm. each diary which is really cool so and that's something about horror that i horror is kind of an interesting genre because you have a lot of people who don't like it because they don't like to be scared. Or some parents are like, oh no, horror will give you nightmares. It's, it's Satan's walk. Well, that, yeah, I mean, the nightmare part, for sure. And, and there's a reason, like, you know, as, as a parent, we try to keep our kids from, you know, experiencing things that they may not be mature enough for, or things that are just too intense for them. And, and it's not done out of a want to keep them from enjoying something. It's just, you know, I don't want you to have nightmares. I don't want... Nora to have nightmares. Yeah. I don't want to have nightmares, but they happen. But the the thing about horror, what I was going to get at was with with horror, the people who like horror tend to fall into a couple of different categories. You have the people who like the really um, Stephen King stuff. Well, not so much. I'm talking like with a broader view of, of horror. Uh, you have people who like the the violent, um, gory, blood and guts kind of horror where it's just shocking and um, how gross can it be? And, and that's, that can be scary for sure. Yeah. But then on the other side you have, and this is where I am personally, you have the horror that's more psychological. Where it's more, it's not about how much blood is there, how many, how gruesome are, are the deaths or whatever the case. It's more about just the intense creepiness of things, like the the unknown, the unknowable, like with with someone like H.P. Lovecraft or with Dracula, where it's just this atmosphere of creepiness that can't really be fully explained or fully realized until you kind of have put the book down and you're, you're kind of processing it all. So with that in mind, where does this book fall more? Uh, let's see. I mean, there is some gore in it. A lady's hand does get bitten off by a lion, but okay, that's pretty much the only mention. So I'd say it's more about the creepy atmosphere. Okay. Since it sort of has a lot to do with vampires and stuff. So, I mean, I mean of course, there's going to be some neck biting and stuff. Of so, course, yeah. Uh, but how about online horror? How do you feel about... I don't know what that... What you have to explain. Well, that. like horror stories that people write online, like creepypastas and stuff. Oh, I, I don't have any experience with that, so I don't really know one way or the other what to say. Um, I know it's a thing, and I know it's 
pretty popular. I like the idea that there are people who are just writing this kind of stuff and who, you know, are they're, they're just writing, and I, I I support that. I don't have time to read all of that, and I don't really have much interest in it. Um, but it's great that it's out there. So back to the book, though. Yeah. Tell me about um. Like, tell me about the characters. Who are the main characters in this? There's Darren Chan. There's Darren Chan, and I th- think Sean. Uh, did they mention Sean in the back? Uh, it says his best friend Steve. Oh yeah. Is that who you're thinking Steve, of? Steve. Okay. Yeah. So sorry. There's just uh. Sorry, Sean. Yeah. So, sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, we've been uh. Sorry, I mispronounced your name. Yes. So Steve. Uh, later on, you like find out. Uh, later on in the story, he says. Mr. Krebsley, can you please turn me into a vampire? And, like, he starts getting all conspiracy, like, but vampires? And then he starts going into really sort of Stephen King. Well, you keep saying Stephen King as if you're familiar with his work, and you're not. Not really. but But he, the way he wrote it is. I'm sure there's some, it's hard, you're, you're hard pressed to find a horror author who is not inspired by Stephen King. I will give you that. You don't really have much frame of reference for Stephen King. Yes, I. um, Okay, so from a 10 year old's perspective. About to be 11. About to be 11. How scary is this? I mean, it's pretty I mean, it wouldn't, I wouldn't say it gave me nightmares, but it did give me a couple jump scares. Okay. Uh, so, and yeah. It's, it and I'll, 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 I'll get, I want to get your more of your idea on how, how it's, and why it's scary. But I do want to say that something that I don't think gets talked about often enough, especially when it comes to horror, is that it's okay to be scared. Because you have a lot of people out there who think that, you know, oh, if I, if I say that I'm scared, it's, it makes me look weak. I disagree with that completely. I get scared of things all the time. And I've, there have been many books that have scared me. Even as an adult. Even as an adult. Such There's as lots it. of scary things in the world. And it's fine to be scared. That's a normal emotion that we feel as humans. And that's part of what makes horror books and horror movies so enjoyable when they're done right is that it does invoke that visceral reaction in you of being scared. So you're saying this book is is pretty scary, not not like really. Yeah, but it's not it's scary cuz like it gives me jump scares like there was a spider that literally paralyzed someone and the second bite would kill them. It it, it could even paralyze a whole human. Okay. With just but yeah, it did. It didn't give me nightmares or anything. It, I mean, it did give me a couple jump scares, but it it's it's fairly good. Okay, so what other things did you want to talk about regarding this book? Uh, so first, let's get into first, let's get into some content warnings. That way, parents know what's in there. That's a good idea. There is hand biting off language um let's see freak shows it's mostly revolved around freak shows okay uh faking death and a lot of vampires so okay so if any of those things are troublesome for people or you think that they might be a little bit too much maybe wait on this one until later um 
Now, with freak shows, I do want to mention, because I don't know if you're aware of this or, or the listeners, freak shows used to be a very real thing. Oh, yeah. Especially in the early, uh, like late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, it was a very common aspect, a very popular aspect of traveling carnivals. Um, generally, and I, I say generally because it was typically the case that a lot of the, the quote-unquote freaks, which... And if we're being honest, it's 2022. That's not really the best yeah. name for that kind of thing. Um, a lot of these were people with uh, birth defects or they had been hurt or maimed in an accident at some point. Um, and so they were kind of put on display for the public to come and look at and, and they were and pretty poorly treated. Yeah. So you also had, you you did have a lot of them who, you know, were you know had makeup and stuff like that to look different than they were and that was part of the appeal of it and whatever but i just want to kind of give some context of of what the freak shows were and and why it's not really a thing anymore yeah and in fact uh they in fact they're still very illegal like if anybody goes there they'll be arrested for quite a long time i don't know that they would be arrested but they'd probably have to pay a huge fine i just don't think it's a thing that happens anymore yeah um just because we've as a society we've kind of progressed to the point where we don't feel comfortable making light of people's yeah i mean ailments and whatnot i wouldn't want to laugh at someone who's like super skinny especially since i'm like so what's what what is next on your uh a lot of stuff real fast i wanted to bring up the quote-unquote freaks that were mentioned in the book okay because some of them are pretty cool. Well, don't maybe don't spoil them because well, like that's part of of the fun of the the book is reading about the different characters. I'll we just, don't want to. I'll just throw one of them out. Okay. Uh, there's this one guy I forgot his name, but he can eat anything. Literally, mm. his stomach is so big he can fit anything in his stomach. So there are people like that. Um, if mm-hmm. I know, especially because you're a big fan of those Guinness World Records things, there are people yeah. who can and Ripley's believe. Um, that. yeah, who can eat metal and glass and all that. Do not do that. Yes, at home. That, please. that please do not. Um, we. But it is a thing that that yeah. people can do, and I don't know how that affects their health or anything like that. It's just is it is a thing that can be done. So, um, what um. Is, is there a singular villain in this book, like an antagonist? Mm, I mean, at first, it seems like Mr. Krepsley is, but as you read on, you really discover there is no villain so far. Um, especially with, like, super long series, like... Like, the first book, they don't really have a main... Like, the first three books, they don't have the villain. Have you read all three? No, so but I'm, like... Well... Some, most sometimes I've read books like I think that. usually... I, and I can... I'll, I'll say this from my experience of, of reading some pretty long series. Generally, you, you will have a main villain, a main antagonist. But there's usually going to be kind of smaller... Bad if you think guys. about it as a video game, there's you, you have all the kind of mini-bosses that come yeah. before the main boss. And that's kind of what it t- typically is with, with these kind of series. So, um. uh, Now, would I recommend this book to anybody? 
Oh yeah, this book is very good. I I loved reading it. I could not put it down. I will. Yeah, you definitely. I saw you reading it a lot more than I see you reading a lot of things, which is great. And those are really cool books to find. Yeah. Um. Um. There's another really cool thing about the Cirque du Freak series. Mm-hmm. It was mentioned in another book by another author. His okay. name is Anthony Horowitz in his book Bloody Horowitz. Okay. Uh, it's. Yeah. It's so Dan Sean got mentioned. Um. Uh. Who is my favorite character and why? I don't know. I really like Darren. He's super cool. Okay, what makes him cool? Well, he's... I don't really want to spoil it, but... Uh, well, then, yeah, I mean, just without... Yeah. Uh, let's see. He loves ending. spiders, and I love okay. spiders, spiders too. Cool. Um, he's He's... He's sort of... Uh, he's usually always the main target for a teacher. What do you mean he's the main target? Well, his teacher, like, loves one student and will let him do anything. But Darren, on the other hand, he is, like, hated. He's... So his teacher singles him out? Yes. Okay. Um, would you rather be in the book or in reality? Now, this book does take place in reality, but I really want to be in the Sock Do Freak world. It's, it's... Like, in this world, vampires don't really exist. And in that world, vampires do. It's, it's so cool. I want to be in So you, you want to be in a world where vampires exist. And where monsters exist. It, it really would uh, make a lot of fun. It, will, it would really be cool. Since you don't think it would be kind of a constant state of fear of being I mean, sometimes. bitten by a vampire and turned into a vampire? Yeah, but if you are a vampire, you you do get to fly around a lot, so I I want to fly. Well, I think that kind of depends on what type. I guess if, if you're talking about this specific world, because that's... So we'll kind of end on this. So part of, especially with horror books that focus on, on monsters, there's a lot of differences between... The even though they're the same monster, so vampires are a good example of this. Um, Depending on the book or series you're reading, vampires can have different attributes. Yes, they can be, you know, the the flying in the middle of the night, turning it shape shifting into a bat. um, Or they can be just, or they can just be a figure in the night, sucking blood. They can, and there's other kinds too, where you know, there's some are, are hurt by sunlight, some aren't. It all kind of depends on on the author and their world building and how they want to present those. And it's the same with like zombies and uh, werewolves and all those kind of horror movie monsters. Well, zombies pretty much stay the same. They don't. There's a lot of... I I am not a big fan of the zombie subgenre, but I know for a fact there are tons of variations of zombies. Really? I thought most all zombies are represented as walking there's fast ones there's slow ones there's smart ones there's dumb ones there's some that have a lot of strength there's some that don't there's a lot of variations between them so um so let's let's wrap this up and we're going to continue or you're going to continue reading the series so we'll come back we'll circle back to some of these books as we go on and i'd like to mention really fast how you are mentioning how different vampires depend on the author in this one vamp like uh mr clepsley once said in the book 
Holy water and crosses don't affect me at all, so try all you want, but it, nothing's going to hurt me. Well, see, there you go. That's that's a major variation in them. In so. a lot of books, say vampires are immortal. M- most actually say they're immortal. But in this one, they just age differently. Every five years, they grow one year older. So they just age slower. Okay. Yes. So Cirque du Freak, first book, A Living Nightmare. And mm-hmm. we're going to, um, at some point, we'll come back to book two, book three, and we'll, we'll keep going yeah. as time goes on. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for this episode. And hopefully we have enough rocket fuel to make it to the bookshelf. Oh, that's true. We probably do need to refuel. So we'll go put this book up on the shelf and we'll go find the, the nearest uh, constellation to refuel. How, mu- how, much, uh, ro- how much is rocket fuel prices right it's now? It's pretty, pretty expensive right now. You're going to so. have to pay... Sorry, man. I don't have any cash on me. We'll have to figure it out. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see everyone next time. Go find this book at your nearest, nearest bookshop? intergalactic bookstore. Bye.